Welcome to the Heart to Biz podcast, the show for people to share their heart behind what they do. Be reminded why you started and discover what keeps you going. Here's Laurel and Shasta. Hi, I'm Shasta. And I'm Laurel. And on this episode, Jordan Snowden, which is the Chief Marketing Officer of Valley Rehab, will be sharing his heart behind this business and why they got started. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Of course. I really, really appreciate you. I know you guys are a brand new business started during the pandemic. Yep. Uh, and I just really want to appreciate you coming on our little Sacramento podcast for businesses. And, um, I, you know, really want to find out what was the, uh, you know, the passion behind your business, the ideas behind your business, and what gave you the courage to start a business at these times. So uh, why don't you tell us your story? Sure. Yeah, I know. I'd love to. So my story, I'll, I'll go a little bit, I'll go a few years in the past um, because it, it led up to me um, starting this with my partner, Steve DeVilbis. Um, so I've always had an entrepreneur itch. My father growing up, he was an entrepreneur. Um, he was a hustler. He figured out a way to make it work. And so I remember growing up in Santa Rosa and he had a car dealership called North Bay Auto. And I remember as a little kid riding like my little big wheels through like this uh, car dealership mechanic shop. Um, and I always was, you know, looked up to my dad as somebody who could, you know, start a business and run a business and had employees and could manage everything. So it's something I've always aspired to. Growing up with him, he had the car dealership. He had a landscape business I helped him run, um, amongst other things. And so I always wanted to do something for myself. And so um, went to college, studied um, business management, wanted to kind of learn the tax behind the businesses that, that he ran. And it got me off, um, started in my first, uh, my first business that I started was actually a marketing company. And I started back, back in the day with a couple of friends, learned a ton, learned a lot. <laughs> Since it was my first business, I learned a lot of what not to do. So it was, it was hard, but, <laughs> but it was good. Um, and then my, my next business, I started a car dealership actually, um, with a buddy and we ran it up in Auburn for two and a half years. And that was really rewarding. I've always had a passion for cars and a passion for people. And so I was like, if I can just marry those two passions together, you know, I could probably, um, make the used car buying experience a lot more, um, kinder, I think would be the best way to say it. And a lot less pressure um, and so that was my whole tactic behind the car dealership and it, and it worked it it did well um unfortunately the business wasn't big enough and the lot wasn't big enough to really support two um partners running it and so i i sold my shares to my partner and and i kind of had this moment where i knew i wanted to continue to work for myself and i wanted to figure out what my next project was and so i just did a deep dive into myself and i figured out well I really love talking to people. I really love marketing and sales. And I want to work in an industry where there's a lot of kind people. Where there's a lot of people who are passionate about what they do. And so I did a bunch of online research. I did some of those, you know, personality tests and, you know, what's the it's right. It's all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, it landed on healthcare. It said you, you and your personality, and I talked to some family and friends, would be really good in healthcare. Um, and I was like, okay, I never considered that. And so once I kind of had that trajectory of, of what I wanted to pursue and kind of the industry, then I just had to figure out, you know, what capacity did I want to jump into healthcare? 
So at first I thought maybe I should be a assisted living facility director. Maybe I should be a, you know, skilled nursing facility director. Maybe I should run one of those type of facilities just because I had a lot of friends that were doing it. And I thought that it would be a good stable position. But again, that entrepreneur inside me kept pulling me away. I was like, wait, you're going for a job. You're going to work for someone else. That's not, that's not what you do. That's not, you know, up your alley. And so I was networking with some friends and one of the um, guys who I knew from my church, uh, Steve, I was just talking to him and I was like, Hey, look, uh, you know, I'm, I sold my share of my car dealership looking into getting into healthcare. I know you work as an occupational therapist. And I know you have your own company. Like what's your take? And so I just did a lot of networking and, and Steve was like, honestly, um, I've been researching this idea for the last six months mm. and I really think that there's something here. So let's sit down and talk about it. And so he and his business partner and I sat down and he was running a therapy staffing company um, that he's been running successfully for the last six years up until this was 2019. Um, and he said, look, this company is doing well, but what is going on in Medicare and the medic um, in the therapy world is that because I'm a home health staffing company, I can only get as much work as home health has for me. And because Medicare is de-incentivizing mm -hmm. in a way, um, the amount of therapy used for home health episodes, I can see my business really taking a hit next year. So he's been researching a way to keep the, his therapist employed um, in an at-home setting, but still being able to market it himself and not rely on another agency to provide um, patients to referrals. And so um, he found this company back East that was doing something pretty cool where they would be credentialed under Medicare Part B as an occupational out or an outpatient facility and they would be able to do therapy for patients in assisted living facilities, in home settings, in boarding cares, wherever they need, it was a mobile practice. And the, the idea intrigued me. Um, and so we, uh, we kind of joined at the hips and said, okay, well, I think we can do this. You know, you have a successful trash record. I love marketing and sales. I want to go in healthcare. Let's, let's give it a go. So we shook hands the summer of 2019. And then uh, let's see. We submitted our Medicare applications uh, to get credentialed for this new, um, you know, this new Medicare outpatient facility. And then let's see, January, February, and March, we're kind of ramping up. And then March, oh shoot, it was like mid-March we got our credential from Medicare. As soon as the whole world took a spin and took a, a nosedive because of the pandemic, we just got our credential and all the work that we were spending building up relationships with the Sicilian facility every single one of them closed Aww. now we finally got our credential everyone closed that we were trying to network with and we're like all right now what do we do <laughs> so <laughs> so that's when we pretty much had to figure out you know how to market it uh, a little bit differently and so because he had all those home health um, contacts we went back to them and said hey this is what we're doing we see that you guys you know see these patients for a certain episode we mm -hmm. feel like a lot of them can continue on and can still benefit from therapy and so we really marketed to them and got started that way so shifted gears, got started, but yeah, that's kind of the, the backstory behind Valley Rehab and, and how we were able to kind of figure it out. I mean, but from then on, it's been a lot of figuring out, but um, yeah, that was kind of the story behind, behind us. Yeah, that's incredible. I actually, um, I met up with Carolyn and she had so many great things to say about working with the company and um, her time with you guys. And um, it's just so nice to see, you know, two people who had a vision who had, who had a heart for medical, but also helping people and uh, just figuring it out, even during a global pandemic. Right. 
it's quite incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what, it was, it was interesting because I didn't, I don't know, I, I think Steve and I were so convinced, and this is kind of the good thing about being earlier, I mean, people like entrepreneurs and having that mindset is that I didn't doubt from one mind when everything was shutting down that we'd be able to figure it out. And mm -hmm. so we just kept working and tweaking and working at it. And, you know, it's taken us a long time, but, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those rewarding things that we knew the idea was right. We knew that the timing was right because the whole economy, people really value these um, on-demand type services being delivered to their home, having that convenience factor, you know, all of that coming into play. So we knew everything was going to play out well. But then with the whole pandemic, it was just, all right, we can't do this. We got to do this. And so mm. we really found a niche with primary care physicians, um, specialty physicians like orthopedic surgeons, podiatry, and really just focus on that niche and, and it has been going well. Yeah, when things start to go back to normal, you have a whole new market to go after too. Exactly, yeah. So now that assist living facilities are coming back and allowing people to come inside, we've now been um, partnering with them and talking about this original idea that we thought and, and some of them are pretty excited about it. So yeah, exactly. What's the hardest part about selling your company to people? Like, you know, being in marketing myself, sometimes explaining to people and having them understand a new concept, a new idea, can be the most challenging part. Yeah, it, it healthcare. So it's because it's a brand new industry for me, I had to kind of figure out things as, I, as I've gone on. And healthcare is an industry where a lot of people love to do things in a traditional way. And so as you can tell, in healthcare, faxing is still very much a normal thing. And, uh, <laughs> where the whole rest of the world has moved on to e-documents and you know mm -hmm. everything like that, faxing is very, very much commonplace in most doctor's offices today. And that just goes to show if something works in healthcare, you know, why change it? And so yeah. because we're a little bit different, because we're not home health, because we're not a traditional outpatient brick and mortar business, people have a hard time putting us in a, in a box, putting us in their mind of, okay, how can we use you? You know, we know how to use home health. We know how to use an outpatient clinic. How do we use you guys? And so it's just trying to get that message across that and figure out, you know, in their minds where we fit in and how we can benefit their patients. That's the hardest thing is getting that messaging across. And being an entrepreneur is, is very hit or miss. I think a lot of people give up before they even see the fruits of their labor. And, and what do you do during that waiting period of, you know, you have this idea, you see the vision, you see where it's going to go, but you don't know how you're going to get there. You know, how do you continue to have faith that, you know, what you want, you're going to be able to get? Yeah, honestly, um, and my partner is uh, more, more inept to this than I am. It's you just gotta once you have an idea and once you figure out a concept, um, it's not so much to sit back and it's like, okay, is this gonna work? It's just you just keep marching forward and keep having success where you can have success. So if you see a door that's open or if you see an idea that may work, you just kind of keep pursuing it. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's just been relentlessly trying to figure out where this idea can fit in. You know, we knew that it would work, but in a whole healthcare spectrum where can we find a position and it took a while it's like we took our idea and put it in you know assisted living okay it's not fitting there okay let's put it over here in board and care case okay, maybe it's not a great fit there let's put it over in you know primary care physicians all right it is fitting there but it's not fitting the way we want how can we tweak it how can we work it so it's just constantly trying to figure it out and so that gap is really bridged with just a lot of relentless just trying to push forward and trying to fit it in you know, um, one thing that I've learned um, with a few businesses I've had is 
once you have a concept, um, you just do your best to figure out, you know, with the key players in that industry, what their feedback is on that concept and you keep tweaking and keep, you know, keep at it. So that's been the best thing for us. Yeah, I know that I, I've been really inspired by Laurel. She's been in this business for over 20 years. And, you know, it started off of just her being a, you know, a contractor with some other people, but then she decided, you know, she kind of wanted to do her own thing. And so, you know, it's amazing when people kind of step out in faith and, and they do something that's kind of, you know, against the grain, that's a little different. Yeah, I bet the idea that exactly like, like you said, Laurel had back 20 years ago and where she is today, you know, I bet it'd be hard for you, Laurel, to kind of see like, oh yeah, that's exactly where I was going, right? No, no way on the planet did I, no way on the planet did I ever think that I would be um, talking to this many people, <laughs> being on TV, you know, doing podcasts. So the, the, I was, I would have said, nobody wants to see this mug, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you evolve, you grow, you find stuff out that you didn't know you would love that you do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, finding rewards from a, a whole different skill set and, uh, you know, having to learn new stuff is it's, it's actually the great thing about being an entrepreneur, right? Um, before I had a corporate job, I was making insane money, but I felt like I had, I was handcuffed to it because there was too much money. I mean, working for myself has been insanely satisfying and great. So, um, you know, making that decision to just trash it all and go to work for myself was um, was an amazing decision for me. Now, I know you have a family, right? You're a dad. I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any kids, so I can't even imagine. I mean, just, you know, my spouse and I, I can't imagine with kids doing something crazy like this. That's so. a lot How of pressure, right? Yeah, I know. And my, my wife and I, we, we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary. So we got married young. And so it worked well for us. She was 19, I was 21. And we kind of grew up and matured together. And so for us, that really worked. But yeah, I mean, we had kids early on. And so I have a, a six, a four and a one year old right now. And making this leap that we did about a year and a half ago when I had, you know, my family was, it, it's a tough leap. Um, I was luckily able to have and work and finagle away between my two businesses to be able to have enough, you know, money to live on. But that's always been something in the back of my mind because my goal for our family was my wife was going to stay home and take care of the kids and raise the kids. And we really um, cherish that relationship that she can have. Mm -hmm. And so all the weight of everything else falls on my shoulders. And so being an entrepreneur, you know, it's not guaranteed to make money right off the bat or at all. Yeah. And so taking that leap um, has been, I think it's easier for me because I'm a risk taker, but my wife, it's like, <laughs> she's, she's had to be like, oh man, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> um, and so, but we've always had each other's back and we've always been able to, to figure it out. Um, and so we have a good partnership, but yeah, it's, not easy especially with a family to be able to make that type of leap and decision when you have those obligations for sure yeah, absolutely it's crazy yeah. i think that says a lot about your character you know once you have a vision you're willing to just go for it and how were you able to take your your heart for people your heart for kind of making the world better and push it into what you were doing with valley rehab yeah that's a great question so i always felt like 
for me, I wanted to do something rewarding. And for me, what was rewarding for myself was really working with people. I really cherish the connections that I'm able to make with one another. Um, for me, a, a great day is just going out there and meeting people and, and making connections. And so um, my heart has always been in people. And I've always felt like I've been drawn to people in one way or another. You know, whether it was working with my dad and selling landscape services and talking to people of Sun City and Lincoln um, about how much, you know, they want us to prune their rose bushes to um, having my car dealership and really trying to connect with people and figure out, you know, what's what's going to be the best fit for you and what's going to be reliable to perform a transportation for yourself. Um, and so I've always loved that person to person connection. Um, and so the nice thing about healthcare is that I feel like naturally people with a big heart and people who are really open to caring and, and, um, and helping people are drawn to this industry. And so for me, one of the biggest rewards is going into a doctor's office, going into a living facility and meeting people who have such a huge compassion for helping people and, and helping, you know, people who they don't even know and help making sure their lives are better and figuring out a way to, to help them out. And so that's honestly been the, one of the, huge rewards that um, I've been really fortunate to see every day in, in working in, in this industry. I think that's why Laurel and I are so heavily invested in the senior living community as well. It's just because there are so many good people. Yeah. Like if you look at other industries, you know, you, you don't come across that kind of compassion all the time, but the senior industry, those people are selfless. Yeah. <laughs> we love and cherish so many people in that. And I think you really, you, you just, you hit it. I mean, it's just that industry itself. People are just compassionate and they really do have a heart for what they do. Yeah. Do you think that people like received your, like what you wanted to do well, because I know that you were new to the health industry. Did you feel like anybody was like hesitant to work with you or anything like that? You know, um, for me, I, I don't know. I'm always confident in whatever I have, if I have no, you know, background in. And so, um, I haven't really had people who are too hesitant. I don't really talk about, you know, unless they ask about like, you know, my background and my history, I just go in and, and present what we do and how we can help them. And, um, and a lot of things I just don't know. And so I remember one of my first assisted living facilities I went into was actually, um, Ansel Park in Rockland. It was a brand new facility. I think they just opened beginning of 2020. It was like brand new right before COVID. And uh, Steve and I were presenting to them kind of, here's our concept that we're thinking. We didn't have the credential at that point. So mm -hmm. we were totally just going off of, here's our idea. Here's what we think we can do. Well, let's gather feedback about it. And man, I didn't know like Aetna from Medicare, from United, from anything. And so they're like, okay, what insurances do you take? And I'm like, yeah, um, we're, we're gonna, we'll figure that out. We'll, we will, we will, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of it was just learning. And I was lucky to have a partner who had years in the industry who I was able to lean on. But so many meetings, um, I would just say, yeah, that's a great question. I'll, I'll go figure it out. And so <laughs> that's pretty much what it's been for the last, you know, year and a half, just figuring out one step at a time of uh, how to, how to make it work. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and isn't it kind of fun when you can hang out with people, learn from people, uh, contribute to people and make a good living? It's amazing. This planet, this country is uh, in this community, especially in Sacramento, where um, it's uh, people to people uh, connections are how business is done here. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. And, and um, it's quite the blessing to be able to uh, 
to make a good living by just meeting people and filling their needs. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the hidden gem right there. I mean, you're able to do something you love and help people and also support, you know, yourself and the ones you love. It's yeah, I agree. It's it's that that crossroads that a lot of people are looking for. So it's once you once you get there and uncover that gem, and you gotta we gotta hold on to that. It really sounds like you're in the people business and not so much focused on the money business. You know, when you focus on the people, the money just kind of comes with it. You know, it's that um, it, it's the giver's mentality of, of you know, I'm here, I want to help, you know, and in return, you'll get blessed. <laughs> I, I mean, every every company that you've started, you proved that, you know, you went in there to help people and, you know, you, you, you were blessed in return. Where do you see Valley Rehab going um, in years to come? Obviously, we don't know what the pandemic's going to look like here in a year, but. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, and, and I like how you said it because um, in Carmetric, the company I had, the car dealership, um, we really, I put a big banner in our front office that said, and I really meant it, people over profits because mm-hmm. I knew I knew just that, the giver's mentality, that if we were to take care of people first, you know, the money would come. Now, it doesn't mean that, hey, I can only make $900 on this car. I'm going to give it to you, you know, for for pennies, but you know, you really try and help and always try and understand people's need and, and do your best to help them. Valley, um, we're really positioning ourselves, our goal, I know it's quite lofty, but from five years from when we started back in 2020, so by 2025, we want to become the largest mobile outpatient company in California was our goal and is our goal. And so we're working really hard towards that. Um, and, you know, I have I have no doubt we'll be able to figure it out and, and get it going. So yeah, so we worked really hard here in the Sacramento area. We're now expanding to Stockton and kind of moving down towards the Central Valley. We've been trying to get partnerships with bigger players, um, Innovage and West Sac. We've been looking to work mm-hmm. with them and Kaiser, which is a huge California powerhouse. We've been able to, you know, get with their contracting team and figure out how to, you know, make it work under their umbrella. So that's amazing. Yeah. So we figure. Yeah, I think we really have a good shot. So yeah, 2025, <laughs> that's our goal. That's <laughs> Tom awesome. that you guys should, uh, you know, once you're able to branch out into Calaveras, like Amador County and things like that, because um, they're they're so secluded and they're you have to drive really, really, really far to get to some places. I know like some people have to drive like 45 minutes just to get to a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think... Um, you know, if especially the elders who, who are in areas that sometimes don't even have Wi-Fi or phone connection or anything, they're just out in the boondocks, uh, you know, having having this a service of people who are able to come and help them be able to become mobile again. Um, I think it's amazing. And have you had any experiences so far um, of, of just seeing what you guys are doing just see it flourish like have you been able to experience the impacts of you being able to go see people and help them right there where they are yeah that's that's the whole um idea behind why we got this started is to make sure people can thrive in their homes um yeah so we have a few different um scenarios that just recently i've been um hearing about um let me just think of the best one um i was gonna say probably I know it's like close to home, but um, my mother-in-law, um, not too long ago, um, she actually fell and broke her wrist. 
Mm-hmm. And she, um, yeah, it was really unfortunate. She had the, um, the surgeon, she put pins in it, got it back, but now um, she needed therapy. And luckily she knew someone that was able to, to help her out. And what, and her feedback for us is when we had our therapist go into the home and she really liked is that, look, if I were to go to an outpatient clinic, which I've done in the past for different reasons, mm-hmm. I'm just in an entirely different setting. I'm not in a setting of comfort. And so when they come to my home, it's very familiar and it's a place where I feel good about. And so I feel like, and she was like, I feel like it really helps in the healing process because I'm able to relax. I'm able to do things, mm-hmm. you know, in my own home that I really know. And the great thing about our therapists is that they work with this in-home setting so much is that they identify, Hey, look, if you don't have any kind of equipment in your house, you know, you can use a chair and here's some exercises you can do with a kitchen chair you know, you can use a step going down to, you know, your patio, here's some different step exercises. So you really try to incorporate this in-home setting. So they really can say, hey, look, this, these things you do every day can be a form of exercise and you can actually improve your balance by mm-hmm. doing this. Um, and you don't need all these specialty equipment. And so it's been really rewarding for people like my mother-in-law to be able to say, oh yeah, yep, I do that every day. I didn't know I could, you know, modify or, or tweak what I'm doing and, and help my balance or help myself, you know, get a little bit stronger. And so that's been really rewarding to see that. Now, I understand you have a kind of a addiction to fast foods. <laughs> I, yeah, so it, I uh, think- A healthy guy like you? I know, I know. Well, I, it's just one, Taco Bell has been has been my jam for, for a long time. And honestly, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'm going to blame. So I, I grew up in Santa Rosa until I was 14 and, and they built a little, it was actually called a Taco Bell Express in the corner. I'd never seen one of these things before. It was like a mini Taco Bell built next to a gas station. And so growing up, my friends and I would like scrape together like 80 cents, 90 cents and go buy a taco and, and burrito. And because we'd have a lot of money, I literally would take like 10 hot sauce packets to like one bean burrito and just try and like prolong how long I can like eat. And anyways, um, but yeah, Taco Bell has always had a place in my heart and uh, I'm a big Taco Bell fanboy. So whenever Taco Bell makes an announcement, I'm usually posting it and keep my friends up to date. And yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of my thing. I almost convinced my wife, I was slim to get Taco Bell for, for our reception for our wedding, but didn't have- uh, You sound like my husband. My husband literally had his best man. He was gonna have his best man get us Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A was too far. So his best man went and got us in and out, which is his second favorite. But actually, I saw on the internet that there's this couple who got married inside of Taco Bell. Did you know that? I, I have heard that. Yeah. Yes, I have. And yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. Taco Bell is like, and I feel like in our culture these days, like these fast food joints are like not just a food joint. Like it's almost like its own culture. And Taco Bell has really embraced that. They even made, um, I think it was last year, was it last year or the year before? They actually made like a Taco Bell hotel in Southern California in Palm Springs and the whole thing was like decked out Taco Bell style I was I was tempted <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome you know what I really love about Valley Rehab kind of going back to that is that uh, you guys you guys make therapy um, easy right I mean you're, you're willing to meet them in their homes you're making um, it so accessible I think a lot of people like the idea of therapy, but not therapy itself, because you got to drive and you got to go to it multiple times a week and it's just a hassle. So a lot of people just don't do it, but then, you know, they end up regretting it down the road. Um, I know lots of people in my life that should have done therapy, but 
you know, they, they just didn't want to make the trek out to the doctors um, and they just didn't want to do everything, you know, that they were saying. But I love the fact that you guys meet the family or the person where they're at and you make it so that they can do it in the environment that they're already used to. You don't make it complicated. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just keep it really simple. And yeah, and it works really well. And a lot of our seniors, you know, they either can't drive or have transportation, you know, restrictions. And so mm-hmm. it makes it hard for them because then they have to coordinate, you know, either a family member or a friend or somebody to transport them. Um, and it's tough. And so it just eliminates, you know, more barriers and just keeps it really straightforward, really simple. And, and yeah. And so I really think in the end, this model will really do well because of that, because it's so patient focused, you know, we're coming to you, we're going to take care of your needs. And the nice thing is, unlike a clinic is it's one-on-one. So our mm-hmm. therapists and our um, patient, there's no one else there. In a clinic, you have you know several people going at once, and there's you know systems in place, which is great, and it works, and they're very efficient. But for us, it's this one-on-one connection, you know, for 45 minutes up to an hour, even more, and they really try and understand their needs and work with them. So it's yeah, they can see issues in the home too, right? Definitely, yep, yep. I mean, when I go into people's homes, I see things that you know people don't realize is not good, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can kind of help correct for those things where you see an issue that, oh my God, no wonder they fell, right? Yeah. So it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, hey, Jordan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I know people are going to be so excited to yeah. hear more about you. So um, why don't you tell us how we can reach, how people can reach you? What's the best way to talk to you? If, um, if whether they're an, um, a physician or a group or someone who needs a rehab person. Sure. Yeah, honestly, the easiest way to reach me is my my email. Um, I am on my email all the time. I'd be happy to answer any emails or any questions. And what so is your email? It's easy. It's Jordan. So J-O-R-D-A-N at valleyrehab.org. Org? Okay, yeah. great. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Super easy. <laughs> Do you guys have a website? Yep. Valleyrehab.org. So yeah, those, those two ways are, are the best ways to reach us. And our phone number is on our website and that goes right to my phone and, and the office. And so, yeah. And so I'd love to help if anybody has any needs and um, yeah, I'd love to be of assistance. Um, thank you so much, Storm, for sharing your heart behind Valley Rehab. I know when I first heard about it, I was totally on board rooting for you guys. And so uh, you definitely have, you know, Laurel and I are standing by your guys' side. And um, I'm so excited to see you guys where you end up in a few years from now and how many people you're able to impact um, through your hard work. So uh, amazing stuff, Jordan. Um, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you for listening. Please join us next Thursday for a brand new episode of Heart to Biz to find out more about a local business owner's heart. Thank you for listening to the Heart to Biz podcast. For more information on past or upcoming episodes, please visit heart2biz.org.